Judges are supposed to be above the law, but even in the federal judicial branch, ethical and legal transgressions do occur. The Government Accountability Office has found that the judiciary doesn't follow best practices for addressing waste, fraud and abuse. Federal News Network's Eric White got the details from the GAO's team leader, Carol Harris. So we don't do a whole lot of judiciary branch work. Um, that doesn't, I mean, we, we do some, but that, that's not the bulk of the work that we do. But the request really came from Hank Johnson, uh, the chairman of the subcommittee on the courts uh, for the House Judiciary Committee, um, and then Mr. Connolly, the, the chairman of the subcommittee on government operations. And so they were the ones that wanted us to take a look at the federal judiciary's fraud, waste, and abuse policies. Um, and and look at whether or not they align to best practice. So that was really the genesis for our work. Okay, so let's break down what you all found. Um, that you know, there, every other agency seems to have an inspector general that's part of the agency, but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily report to the head honcho. Um, but you all found that that's not the case in the federal judiciary system. Yeah. So the judiciary branch does not have an inspector general. Um, and so that is one of the main findings that, that we did have where we took a look at in, independence. I mean, that's the bedrock of any healthy fraud, waste and abuse program. Um, and we did not find that their policies ensure independence in all investigations for their fraud, waste and abuse program. So that was critical. I mean, I will say that to their credit, um, well, let, let me take a step back. So the administrative office of the courts, um, they serve the central support entity for the judicial branch. So they're, they, and they provide a broad range of services from, um, like financial technology, legislative and, and other like program support. And they are the ones that are responsible for overseeing the fraud, waste and abuse program. Um, and and quite frankly, the, the management of the program is very decentralized. So to their credit, to the, the administrative office's credit, they have policies that state that the subject of an allegation is prohibited from being involved in conducting or overseeing that investigation. So that addresses one aspect of independence. But there are, of course, other structural and familiarity threats that exist. So, for example, um, there is nothing that's documented that prohibits the subjects of, um, well, actually, I should say allegations are referred to the judicial branch component from which they originated. So there's nothing documented that says that um, the subjects of the allegations cannot be assigned to investigate themselves. Uh, there's also nothing documented in policy that prohibits individuals from being assigned to investigate their supervisors or any employees with whom they have a close relationship. So those were independence issues that we identified in their program. And that's why, you know, when you take a look at the other parts of the government, we do have IGs because they're those entities that sit outside of the reporting structure for that very reason. Yeah, the referral process is what struck me. It seems as if it's all kind of hanging by the honor system. And I know, you know, I'm not taking anything away from federal uh, judiciary experts, but, you know, you do kind of need something in ink saying whether or not, you know, who can be responsible for what investigation and so forth, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, right now what happens is um, they re- the the office of I'm sorry the administrative office they receive the complaints and then they coordinate and refer those allegations to the organization about which the complaint is being made and yeah without those documented policies I mean yeah who's to say that um, you know the 
the subject of the complaint uh, won't be the one that is performing the investigation. That That's a major issue. Um, and we also identified that not all of the judicial components within the court um, have documented procedures for, for addressing these fraud, waste, and abuse allegations. So we know that the administrative office, they have defined procedures that their investigators are to use, but there is no such requirement for the courts as well as the federal public defender organizations. So that also leads to inconsistency in the handling of these types of allegations across the judicial branch. So that was another major finding of ours. And I, I don't need you to cite any specific cases or anything like that, but when it comes to uh, waste, fraud and abuse at a district court, what does that necessarily entail? I mean, we're, I've read a ton of IG reports, so I get, you know, hey, you know, we're we're spending too much on this program or where is this money going? But what can happen at a court, district court, actually? Well, I mean, that's it, a great question. I mean, um, the, the whole reason why the fraud, waste and abuse program is in place is to ensure that the judges and the judiciary staff um, are are held responsible for the, their conduct as government officials, in addition to the management of public resources. So um, it, it's ensuring that there is that level of accountability to make sure that thing, everyone is 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 acting appropriately. You already laid out, you know, one of the main obvious recommendations, which is, hey, why don't we write up some policies? Uh, what were some of the other recommendations that you all made? Well, we also made recommendations related to um, their procedures themselves in their fraud, waste and abuse program that we felt lacked some sufficient detail on how to conduct these investigations and how to track the allegation data. So, for example, they have procedures that specify, OK, interviews are to be conducted as part of this investigative process. But those procedures don't describe where and how interviews are to be documented or how evidence is collected um, and how like the chain of custody is preserved, among other things. So we wanted them to have their procedures more fleshed out. And we also recommended that they have more effective methods for storing the allegation data um, so that they can have more um, effective analysis across the data to identify any trends or patterns that could be used to improve the judiciary branch's fraud, waste and abuse prevention and investigative efforts. As an experienced federal auditor yourself, um, may, that's the kind of thing that we don't really think of the details when it comes to doing you know, an investigation into waste, fraud and abuse. Can you just expound a little bit about how important those little details, such as who's allowed to do an interview and where interviews can take place, how important are those during an audit? Oh, it's extremely important. You need to have that um, that that record um, be comprehensive and complete, because if you have holes in it, then that draws into question the audit itself. Um, and then also just from a macro level, you know, you want to make sure that you're able to identify trends and patterns across these audits. So you want to make sure that the information you have is consistent and standard across these audits to make and draw those comparisons. And in this in this particular audit, uh, did you uh, hear anything from federal judiciary uh, members about, you know, did, did they seem open to changing and making things a little more structured? Yeah. So we made eight recommendations and um, the administrative office did say that they intended to consider the recommendations while they work to evaluate ways to further develop their fraud, waste and abuse program. So they did not agree or disagree with the recommendations. But I take you know from that statement that, you know, they are open to making positive changes based on our findings.
Yeah, and after all, I mean, it's where law and order is produced. Uh, <laughs> they're going to need some law and order right. to keep themselves clean, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, they have the critical responsibility for ensuring the fair and swift administration of justice. So um, having that fraud, waste, and abuse program be comprehensive and um, consistent with best practice is essential to make sure that that administration of justice is um, is is solid. Carol Harris is director of IT acquisition management at the Government Accountability Office. Speaking there with Federal News Network's Eric White. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report on the judiciary at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.